You are Locked On Utes, your daily podcast on the Utah Utes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into a Thursday edition of the Locked On Utes podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network. A lot of news going down on Wednesday to talk about most of it not Utah related for once, which is kind of a nice thing, but it is a conference opponent, a conference foe, a conference rival, a state enemy, whatever you want to call it. Big news coming down the pipe about the Arizona State Sun Devils. We're going to talk about what the news is, what it entails, what the penalties might actually be, and how it will affect the University of Utah going forward, especially going into the 2021 season. Also, the bat signal went out via Coach Chad Bumfus. We're going to talk about and speculate wildly about what it might be, which kind of uh, commitment might be coming down the pipe, what to keep an eye on, all the above. Lastly, Athlon released their, oh boy, I don't know if you can even call it a, a an accurate prediction, but an order of finish that they decided to put in publish. We're going to break that down, talk about why Utah still never gets the respect they deserve. All that coming up on a Thursday episode of the Locked on Utes podcast. That's right. It is Thursday, June 17th. 2021. It is a great day to be a Ute here on the Locked On Utes podcast, courtesy of the Locked On Podcast Network. Just a quick reminder before we start things off that there's no better place to get all your Pac-12 conference news than the Locked On Pac-12 podcast, hosted by the legend Cindy Robinson, myself and Michael Luke. Join her. I join on Mondays and Wednesday. Michael is there on Tuesday and Thursday. You can follow the Locked On Pac-12 podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts from. It's a great time. I try to bring the Ute heat. Cindy tries to shut me down. We're going to convert her. She's a She's a... Wazoo Coog, but the, it slow and steady, slow and steady, gang. I think we got this one. Uh, in other news around the conference, it's weird to start a uh, Utah podcast with news about a conference opponent. But in this particular circumstance, I think it's very important that we talk about what's happening down at Arizona State. And I don't know if there was another fan base outside of the Arizona Wildcats that might be celebrating the potential recruiting violations down at Arizona State University. The reason for that is is that Arizona State has been a foe for a while now, essentially ever since Herm Edwards showed up. And whatever your opinion about Herm Edwards, I think it's safe to say that on the recruiting trail and in the sense of amassing talent into the program, he's done a really good job of disrupting what Utah and others have been trying to build. I think ASU has become a player for a lot of the kind of recruits that that Utah competes with, along with Washington, Oregon, USC, some of these more top-tier upper echelon programs. And for a long time, Arizona State has been the thorn in the side. I think anyone who followed recruiting knows the saga of Jaden Daniels. And just to recap real quick, here's how that broke down with Daniels. Daniels uh, comes from a split household. Uh, Parents are divorced. 
And initially, when he came out to Utah, everything was was good and, and wonderful with Dad. Dad and, and coaches and everybody else were on board with Utah, developed a very good, very positive relationship with former University of Utah offensive coordinator Troy Taylor, went home. And as these things tend to happen, there was a miscommunication between mom and dad, and mom was not let let into the, the conversation, or, or, or it was never communicated to her, or there was a misunderstanding somewhere along the line. And so mom ended up being a little bit of a thorn in the side of everything. So Utah continued to work hard, continued to work hard. Daniels was very much on board with it. Mom wanted him to stay home, stay at UCLA, stay closer to her. Utah continued to recruit him hard. Long story short, ASU gets involved in the last minute, persuades Jaden, persuades mom. Dad concedes because he just wants the whole thing to be happy, and Jaden Daniels ends up spurning Utah at the last minute to go to Arizona State, leaving Utah to really scramble to try and get a quarterback commitment. Now, that's not even the worst of it. The worst of it is that Jaden Daniels goes down there and starts at Arizona State day one, and I think if you're the University of Utah, it would have been really, really nice to have Jaden Daniels backing up Tyler Huntley for a year while your team makes that pursuit to the Pac-12 championship. Bygones being what they are, I think that particular experience, along with Eno Benjamin and a few others, where there was a battle between Arizona State and Utah, has always left a bad taste in Utah's mouth, uh, especially Utah fans. Uh, not just the recruiting, but also the play on the field. I think it's always been one of those games where Utah has, you know, outside of 2019, where Bradley and I and company just absolutely dismantled Arizona State offensively. It's been a back and forth series. And I think it was, uh, you know, and, and the other part of it too is when 2018, when Utah was trying to get into the Pac 12 championship game, and, you, you know, Arizona State was threatening by trying to beat Oregon. The beloved, our beloved Ducks hashtag, I guess calling it the beloved, but the legendary our beloved Ducks hashtag coming out as every Utah fan on the planet was rooting for Oregon. And Arizona State did their darndest to try and snatch victory away from the jaws of defeat. They were unable to do so. But all this builds into the rivalry, right? And what you're asking right now is, yes, I understand all that. I'm well-versed into it. Tell me what the heck happened. And here's what happened. Arizona State is alleged to have entertained during the COVID-19 period uh, an unknown number of prospects. The article opens up by saying the NCAA is investigating whether the Arizona State football program hosted high school prospects during the recent COVID-19 dead period and possibly other recruiting violations. Per sources, the school's athletic compliance office recently received a packet filled with detailed information on high school prospects who visited during the COVID-19 dead period. Not much later, compliance officials started interviewing staff members. A former athletic department employee said some people in the football offices are concerned about losing their jobs. Uh, ASU confirmed that there was an ongoing investigation, as we mentioned, not known how many prospects they were alleged to have entertained, uh, you know, but there is plenty of evidence in, it, it, available to them outside of just the packet that, it, that was uh, submitted to the program, um, 
at this point in time, I don't think there's a whole lot that's known specifically, but the speculation is as uh, uh, such that the primary force behind it was Antonio Pierce, who has been the absolute uh, juggernaut on the recruiting trail for them. He has been kind of the, the recruiting co- – I don't even know if he has the title recruiting coordinator, but it seems like he's been the one that's been out pounding the pavement and, and doing all the dirty work uh, in on the recruiting trail. And he is the one that seems to be implicated above all else in this. It's unclear how much of a role Herm Edwards has in it. Uh, but the bottom line is this, that there are rumors circulating that there were visits made to campus, that at one point in time there were enough prospects on campus visiting during the COVID-19 dead period. Now, a dead period means that there cannot be any contact. There cannot be any school visits. There cannot be any of this that there was enough contact to where coaches were quote unquote bypassing prospects in the stairway in the halls and saying, Oh, how strange to bump into you. And to the point to where there was actually a van that was placed in the parking lot to shuttle around all the recruits that were on campus visiting quote unquote. Now, if you flash back to the season, you'll remember that Arizona state was absolutely decimated by COVID-19 cases that the program was basically unable to, to compete uh, in, in a variety of games, especially the one that they were supposed to play uh, against Utah. And that I think probably reinforces the fact that this was the case. You know, at one point in time, there was a rumor floating around that literally half the program was affected by COVID-19 cases, including the coaching staff, I believe, including uh, Herm Edwards as well. What I've heard is that there were also visits to seven-on-seven camps, that there were illegal school visits, that there were, um, you know, and always in this situation, there's always some semblance of money or something like that. I don't know who all has seen the tweet from George Reister saying that there's a, a massive story coming down. He, he later tweeted out that this was not it, uh, but claims that there are financial ramifications with this as well, which usually means that players were getting paid. I have no sources on that aspect of it, but look, if it if it quacks like a duck and it smells like a duck, probably something along there where where somebody's getting the bill. Another aspect to this that I think we need to discuss is what the possible punishments might be coming down from the NCAA. And normally the thought process would be, well, it's Arizona State. They've had some recruiting issues before. They've had some compliance issues before, but they'll likely get a slap on the wrist. The NCAA, I think, is much more concerned about these kinds of violations when it was during a dead period of recruiting because of COVID-19 in major part because of the liability that it places on the NCAA, the liability it places on the school, the liability that it places on the program and all the athletic departments that may or may not have violated those recruiting terms. If that's the case, this could be a massive penalty for Arizona State. I'm not saying that it's going to be a death penalty, but the early word on the street from people who with knowledge of the situation, we'll say it that way, is that this is not going to be something that the NCAA is going to take lightly. The initial thought process is that it'll be a level one series of violations, which are defined as violations that severe, seriously undermine or threaten the integrity of college sports, provide or are intended to provide a substantial or extensive recruiting competitive or other advantage, are are a substantial or extensive impermissible benefit, which includes lack of institutional control, academic misconduct, 
blah, blah, blah. Uh, this obviously would, would fall under the recruiting violations. Uh, there is not a strict uh, penalty um, guideline for uh, level one violations. But for example, uh, the most recent program to, to experience some level one violations is Tennessee. Uh, and that can mean a loss of scholarships and uh, other recruiting disadvantages. So that's where this might impact the University of Utah, depending on what happens with Arizona State, how long it takes to investigate this, how severe the NCAA will throw down this penalty. All that stuff is still to worked out. The hope, the hope if you're a Utah fan or if you're just somebody who has moral fiber and, and wants to see uh, – things punished, which it seems less and less actually happens these days, is that Arizona State's going to lose a bunch of scholarships. It could mean that some of the coaches are let go, uh, that they will no longer be allowed to coach. I would think that Antonio Pierce would be one of those ones at the top of the list. Those two things alone would be massively impactful on Arizona State. We look at If you look at what happened with USC with the scholarship reductions, it did impact the program pretty severely. Now, USC was able to still kind of abide by it because you're USC. You're always going to be able to get some uh, California kids to walk on or hang out or, or find workarounds or things like that. I do not believe that Arizona State can survive the same way that USC can. I just don't think there's that much of an interest in Arizona State from local kids. Uh, what it does impact, too, in, in terms of the University of Utah is moving forward in the 2022-2023 recruiting classes, that could be one less school, especially with a scholarship coming, scholarship crunch coming because of the uh, super senior COVID years. That could really impact the number of athletes that the Arizona State Sun Devils can take in their classes. It's also likely going to mean that some kids will want to transfer. If there is some sort of postseason ban, most players are not going to want to stay at Arizona State. So there could be transfer portal implications to go along with it. It is not a great scenario to be in. Now, the, I think the fear, if you're a Utah fan or, or if you're somebody who is invested in seeing this, the Sun Devils fail, is that the NCAA is going to let them off the hook. And I do not think that that will be the case just based on the early conversations that I've heard. Again, with a story that's breaking down like this, it's always fresh. There's a lot of details to be gathered. We will keep you updated as best we can here on the Locked on Utes podcast, making sure that you know what is coming down the pipe, how it affects the University of Utah. But this, it's hard to say that it's anything but a positive development for the University of Utah, for their recruiting efforts, and for their ability to both retain and maintain uh, recruits moving forward. And while we're on the topic of maintenance, it is time to talk about our good friends at rockauto.com. They are a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything. They have headlights. They have seat covers. They have carpet kits. They have body panels. I've talked before about how I want to build a car just off of parts from rockauto.com. Get at me if you want to do that. Like, I would love to just, let's, hey, somebody wants to fund my dream? Let's make it happen. You can even keep the car if you want. I don't even care. They have everything that you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand specifications and prices you prefer. Best of all, 
Prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. I don't know why you'd go anywhere else when you can spend less to go at rockauto.com and get it delivered directly to your door. Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck. Make sure you write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so that they know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. That is rockauto.com. Back to more University of Utah football talk as the bat signal, as it's become known, was thrown up by Coach Chad Bumfist the other day. And so that typically means that there is a commitment on the horizon. If you remember our discussion from earlier this week, we talked about the slew of official and unofficial visitors that have passed through the University of Utah over the last couple of weeks. I think it has to be from one of that group if we're going to speculate wildly. So as we think about some of the people that we talked about, the two obvious uh, targets would be Brandon Rose, the quarterback. Uh, California talked about him quite a bit, compared him to Brian Johnson, uh, a little bit more, a little shorter, uh, very good over the top delivery, everything like that. The other was Nate Johnson, the dual threat quarterback out of Clovis, California, 6'2", 183. He is a more athletic quarterback, but that currently was a battle between Utah and Michigan. If you go to the 24-7 crystal ball uh, predictions, which are available to everyone and anyone who goes to the site, you don't have to be a VIP or anything like that, uh, the one crystal ball in currently is for Michigan. Hard to say if it's going to be him. Uh... I would think that if it's if it's that soon of a commitment, that there's likely a better pros- possibility that it would be Brandon Rose. Now, the, there's also the potential that it is not a quarterback, seeing how it was Chad Bumfus that tweeted out the uh, the quote unquote bat signal. So that would leave uh, the following options in terms of wide receivers. We would have Zion Steptoe. We would have Cody Hagen from Corner Canyon. We would also have a, 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 Dar- a Darius Harshaw. I'm sorry. I can't believe I just butchered that. I've been practicing all along. And then maybe even a Braden Pagan uh, out of Southern California. Utah was his first Pac-12 or Pac- Power 5 offer. Uh, his stock has risen in recent weeks. Um, he was in the process of scheduling trips, but nothing has been set up just yet. So I would bet that it's likely not Pagan. Now let's talk about Adarius Harshaw for a second. He's an under-the-radar guy from Georgia. He's gotten a lot of interest from the Utes. He's a very explosive wide receiver, which is something that Utah really wants to uh, recruit into the program. He just returned from a visit officially to Maryland, but he has yet to take his official visit to Salt Lake City. However, it is scheduled for this month. So, again, likely not Harshaw if that's the case, uh, seeing as how he hasn't taken a visit yet. The other option would be Cody Hagan, wide receiver out of Corner Canyon. I do not believe that Hagan is ready to make a decision yet, and I think that likely the biggest deal that may hold up from getting a decision from him would be uh, the fact that he is interested in Stanford, and Stanford will need to review his grades, make sure that he's academically eligible to be admitted. Uh, That's typically how that process goes. They will reach out and tell players that they are interested, and they would be willing to offer them once the academic site is completed. So that, to me, would likely rule out uh, Cody Hagan. 
leaving Zion Steptoe. Uh, Frisco, Texas wide receiver, six foot one seventy. Also a very talented, athletic wide receiver. Uh, I think that he is uh, recently visited the University of Utah. He's already got twenty offers um, before a lot of programs have even had a chance to see him. But Utah is the early leader right now, next to Purdue and Vanderbilt. As we mentioned, he had also scheduled visits to those schools. Uh, he went to Purdue. Or I believe Purdue was the last one. It was either Purdue, Utah, Vanderbilt, or Purdue, uh, or Utah, Purdue, Vanderbilt. I can't remember the exact order of the visits. So he's been to Utah. So that leads me to think that it could be him. Some of the other players that might be eligible. Colin Wright recently returned from a visit to the University of Utah. Had a great visit from everything I've been told. Uh, they were uh, The youths made a big impression on him. And I believe that the University of Utah has a lot of interest in accepting a commitment from him. Uh, he it's it's rumored that he's going to visit uh, Duke before he makes a final decision. He's already been to Colorado, uh, but I do think that the fact that he visited and the visit was such a strong, impactful uh, experience for him might lead for him to be in the favor uh, in in the favorite as well. Uh, a Texas guy, so you never know. Uh, maybe as. Chad Bumfus is, is starting to move into Texas more. That could be another uh, another option as well. Jeffrey Ugo, another visitor, uh, took an official visit to Salt Lake City already. Um, he is a safety prospect out of Texas. There are other schools that will likely be offering, but Utah has gotten in early on him. He's taken a visit, so that leaves him to be another guy that could be very coveted. Jalen Glover recently came to Utah as a little bit of a surprise visit. Now, he's a very, very highly rated Florida running back, one that's coveted by a lot of different programs right now. Uh, Florida State has a crystal ball edge, as we talked about earlier, um, but Utah had a very good visit with him. He was very positive. All of this stuff that I'm talking about is also available at youthzone.com where they interview the prospects and everything like that. So if you want to read the quotes for yourself, uh, go and sign up for that uh, membership over there. Again, you can get seven days for free. The other prospect that I think could potentially be in the mix for a uh, commitment would be Ahmad Moses. He's a Texas defensive back, holds 13 offers, including Pac-12 offers from Utah, Colorado. He is likely one of the top safety prospects on Utah's board. Utah has a need to take a few different safeties this recruiting period. As we've seen, the safety position has kind of been decimated uh, by injury, but also by departures in terms of missions and also from seniors who will be leaving the program. Uh, so that is uh, – Another one that I would keep an eye on as well, Ahmad Moses came to Utah, had a very good visit. In fact, somewhere out there is a picture on Twitter of him doing the kind of, I want to say that it's the high school pose where you kind of lay on your stomach and you put your hands up and you rest your chin on your hands and then you lift your feet back up because you're laying on your stomach. It's really funny. <laughs> like, <laughs> And just the fact that that was the thing that he thought to do shows kind of the personality and everything like that. And I like those kinds of kids. I think they fit into this program really well. I think kids that have a little bit of 
flair to them, but also understand the work aspect are really the ones who do well at the University of Utah. Uh, you know, I, it's funny. Uh, one of those things that like is so awesome about being up there, and I'm not trying to hum- humble brag, but you have these fun moments with guys. Sam Sinakua, I know, I know, I know. It hurts, it hurts, it hurts. I get it. But he was always so funny to watch. He first guy over anytime anybody had a camera, and he would always be posing and doing all these goofy things. But it's always after practice, you know, and, and Cody Barton and, and Chase Hansen and uh, uh, Moroni and I would do this little thing where they were trying to start their own country boy band. And so those kinds of kids that get the balance between personality and work uh, really do well at the University of Utah. So maybe that's another one to where we can look at him and say, wow, yeah, that would be one that could possibly be the one that's announced. Uh so a couple names for you there. Uh, I like to keep this stuff going because I love, obviously I love recruiting and I know that a lot of people will look at it and say, well, why would I want to follow a high school kid? Well, you don't have to follow a high school kid. What, what I equate it to is this. If you get a commitment from a kid, that's like scoring a touchdown in the game. And you can celebrate scoring a touchdown. Now, a lot of times those kids will not end up staying with the University of Utah. And so you can kind of take it or leave it. Now, there are those recruits. I think Darren Jones will be forever embedded into Utah man's Utah fans' memories because he was a 6'8 prospect out of Cajon that was supposed to be coming to Utah with uh, Jaden Daniels. And he was the incredible, uh, almost Randy Moss-like wide receiver. Unfortunately, never made it to Utah, uh, really never even made it out of California. Just a very hard, dis- disappointing, sad story because that's – I don't want to get preachy, but when parents fail kids, that's when I get super frustrated, and that's entirely what happened with Darren Jones. Uh, so there are those recruits that will always stand out. You know, DJ Law is one that was on the uh, Last Chance U. Netflix show if you ever watched that, but he was kind of notorious in Utah lore for his family sending in a letter of intent to one school, I believe it was Ole Miss, and him sending his letter of intent into Utah because he wanted to go to Utah. It was rumored that there were maybe some five-figure handshakes, four-figure handshakes that were involved that got his original letter of intent uh, to Ole Miss, but you never really know with those kinds of stories, especially on signing day. That's something that we can break down later on is just how exciting and how much fun signing day has been in the past and, and some of the great stories. We'll bring Dan Sorensen on at some point to talk about that as well. But I wanted to give you a little update and, and keep your eyes peeled to Twitter. Keep your eyes on uh, ESPN 700. Bill Riley does an excellent job of keeping track of that. You can follow along at sbartle247. You can go to youthzone.com. As soon as anything breaks, uh, there will be plenty of news stories to cover it. And you can celebrate that little touchdown during the offseason. And while I'm not here to tell anyone how to celebrate things, I think my celebration technique of choice is going to be cracking open a Built Bar. You know how much I love Built Bars. You know why I love them. They're under 200 calories, uh, up to 18 grams of protein, uh, less than 5 grams of sugar, less than 5 net carbs. So if you're doing keto, it can slide into those uh, uh guidelines if you're trying to go low carb or or low calorie you can do that as well plus it's got authentic whey protein in it so that's good for you it's the kind of protein that your body needs it's the kind of protein that athletes always drink after performances and after workouts and everything like that the best part about built bar though is obviously the taste we've talked about it a lot i love every flavor i'm hoping that they drop some of the new ones soon because i am jonesing for one 
you could say that I am bouncing like a grasshopper uh, to get at this new flavor. You can go to Built Bar right now, though, and get a nine flavor trial box for with 15% off using the promo code LOCKED15. That's right. You can get your first box and every box after that from Built Bar, 15% off. It's the best deal that you'll find out there. Use that promo code LOCKED15, and like I said, you'll get that 15% off your order. Uh, that's 15% off at BuiltBar.com. BetOnline.ag is Brown Bear approved as the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing. Hockey is in the playoffs. We won't talk about NBA on this show right now, but you can get all the latest news, odds, and information for all your sporting needs, including baseball, NHL, UFC, golf coming up with U.S. Open this week. Be sure to get your bets in on that. I would stay away from any Bryson bets or any Brooks bets as they'll be playing the week afterwards, I believe. Uh, but you can check out all the leaders, and, and there are all sorts of fun options with that going down. So before the tournament starts, before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device. You can check out all the great sporting news, all the contest information, all the unique lines and prop bets that are available. Uh, get into the game as teams prep for their playoff runs, and you can head to the website or use your mobile device, like I said, to sign up today, and you'll get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with the promo code Locked On. Again, that's 50% welcome bonus, 5-0. So if you put down 100, you get 150 for your first deposit using that promo code Locked On. That's betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Wrapping up a Thursday edition of the Locked On Utes podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network, and we're going to talk as Athlon, who puts together, I will not say it's the penultimate, uh, I think as long as Phil Steele is still on the planet and still producing his magazine, his is the best of all. Uh, they produce a preview magazine, Pick 6 Previews also does an excellent job with theirs, uh, but Athlon revealed their Pac-12 predicted order of finish. And it did not favor the Utes. Uh, number six in the north was Oregon State. Number six in the south was Arizona. Number five, Washington State in the north. Colorado in the south. Uh, four in the north was Stanford. And four in the south was UCLA. Third in the north was Cal. And third in the south is the University of Utah. And if you read the snippets about it that that it says that the same thing that will always happen is that Utah should bring back a strong defense like always with 15 returning starters this team should push for a Pac-12 South title uh with first team all Pac-12 linebacker Devin Lloyd at the heart of Utah's defense uh they also note that Utah faces Oregon and Arizona State at home uh and then say would a 10-win season really surprise anyone if USC or Arizona disappoint look for the Utes to make the Pac-12 title game I don't know how you can be that praiseworthy about the University of Utah and then rank them third in the South. And I, listen, like I am a Utah homer. There's no doubt about it. I also watch a ton of Pac-12 games. I think that USC is likely the team in the lead in the South simply based on talent. Now, if you're going head-to-head on which program is in better shape, which program has the better man in charge of it, 100% it's the University of Utah, but at the end of the day, you've got to have players on the field that make plays, and USC has those in more positions than I think the University of Utah. The The Drake brothers, Drake Jackson, Drake London, there's just an absolute slew of guys in the wide receiver core. Uh, that coaching staff has brought in a lot of talent recently in the last recruiting class. They're bringing in more and more as we speak. 
They've done a good job of going through the transfer portal. Uh, but to have the Arizona State Sun Devils number one in your preview piece, especially right as news drops about them probably getting hit with major scholarship infractions and the fact that their program's getting turned upside down is ridiculous, okay? Because Arizona State has yet to ever finish first in the Pac-12 South under Herm Edwards. And if we really want to go through it, I think we all thought for the most part, and, and I'm going to exclude myself from this because I knew when Herm got hired, he would do two things well. I knew he would recruit well and I knew he would get kids to go play at Arizona State. What they haven't been able to do is they have not translated all that talent they've amassed into actual game managed situations where they're successful. Kyle Whittingham is the best coach in the Pac-12 at game management. Let me repeat myself. Kyle Whittingham is the best coach in the Pac-12 at game management. There is no one in the conference that is better than him, especially with Chris Peterson now gone. Now, there are other programs that may have more talent. They may prepare a little bit better than Utah. They may have a little bit more chutzpah or a little bit more pizzazz in what they're doing, but there is not a better game manager on the planet than Kyle Whittingham. And for all of those reasons, I cannot imagine and or fathom why you would put Arizona State at first. My personal feeling, USC is still the team to beat, especially after they took the Pac-12 South title last year and returned Keaton Slovis. It's just very, very difficult to bet against all those factors. But the bottom line is this. Most people who did not watch the University of Utah in the latter part of the year in those last two games have no idea and no concept of how many strides that defense took. They also don't realize how many guys Utah went and got through the portal. They also also don't realize that Charlie Brewer may be the absolute perfect fit for the University of Utah offense. But guess what? John Wilner of the Mercury Sun, who seems to... Curry favor with Utah fans on occasion, but more than likely is public enemy number one of most Pac-12 people thinking that he's just out to get them all. He thinks the Utes are going to be really good, and he thinks the Utes will have as good a chance as anyone to win the Pac-12. Guess who else thinks so? John Canzano. And if I'm putting my money on, on any two guys who know the conference better than any, it's those two guys. They cover it full time. Both of them broke in a litany of stories. They've been on top of most of this for a very long time. And I know that Utah fans go head-to-head with Wilner on Twitter. I know that BYU fans go on go head-to-head with Wilner on Twitter as well. And he definitely takes the BYU fans to school. But those two guys saying right now that when you look on paper that Utah should probably be the pick to win the conference makes me believe that a lot of people haven't really taken a look at what Utah has done yet. And I would think that a a publication like Athlon would do that kind of research, but who knows what's going on now with COVID and everything like that. And maybe they're just out to get clicks and they figure the two biggest fan bases to hit in the South are Arizona State and Oregon and whatever, more power to them. But if you're a Utah fan right now, you should absolutely be salivating because your team, which we all watched last year emerge and develop a nasty attitude and do some things on defense that we haven't seen in a long time, and you can go watch rewatch the Washington State game and watch Clark Phillips return his first INT for a touchdown, and you can go watch Mika Tafua as he developed his hands. And I'm telling you, I've seen him. Those hands have gotten nothing but better. You should be salivating because this team is going to be motivated as all get out. They've loaded up the roster. They've gone and filled all the holes that they possibly could. They provided a ton of depth. 
We may still hear another name either through the transfer portal or other means coming into the program to reaffirm that depth at multiple positions. But we also heard a lot of good things coming out of spring ball. And I think in previous years, if you look at the positive remarks in terms of any other position but quarterback, they've typically been spot on. Now, we also got to see Charlie Brewer go 15 for 15 in the spring game. Is he going to do that in every single game for the Utes? Heck no. But it gave me enough confidence to know that the University of Utah is locked, loaded, and deserves a lot better than third in the South from a publication like Athlon. That's it for me today. Thank you so much for joining me here on the podcast, for letting me pontificate, talk about things like Arizona State getting hit with infractions, talk about recruiting, and most of all, rant about how I'm really tired that Utah doesn't get the attention that they they deserve, even though the last few years they've posted better performances than everybody else. We appreciate you following along on whatever your favorite podcast platform is. The interaction is always uh, I'm going to get a little sappy here. It, it's, it's, it's always very humbling and gratifying to hear that people want to listen to me. Uh, I do know that I have a lot to say, uh, especially about this program, and I am passionate about covering this team and about this podcast. But nevertheless, when people say that they enjoy it, when people want to listen to it, it does... Uh, it, it does bring with it a responsibility, and I feel that responsibility deeply. And so we will continue to bring you uh, the best possible podcast coverage that we can uh, in conjunction with whatever we can do at Zone. I would highly recommend checking any of that out. And I promise that there will be more coming as we roll forward. We will get to the uh, Utah 10 pack, a.k.a. our 10 uh, most memorable moments during the Pac-12 era starting next week. Took me a little while to compile some things for that, but I am excited to bring that to you as well. So stay tuned. We'll be back again tomorrow, hopefully, with another episode of the Locked On Utes podcast. This has been today's episode here on the Locked On Podcast Network for June 17th, 2021. And we will talk to you again tomorrow. Tomorrow.